Welcome to episode seven of Beers and Buckets. This is the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Connor, and like always, I'm joined by Kyle, Dal, and Matt. So the biggest news, I'm sure you guys already know if you follow college basketball at all, is this and COVID cancellations. So guys, tell me, how can the NCAA handle this nightmare of a schedule, this nightmare of a situation? better than they are because currently it sucks um so the 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 toughest part is going to be the fact that it's the ncaa and that's not a governing that i mean it is a governing body but it's not a league such as the nfl and the nba with union and there's so many teams and everything but i mean if we're just putting everything aside and 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 i don't want to hear anybody's you know what about any side or the other outside of just what we're talking about here the best thing i think you can do is we have a quote-unquote a solution, if you will, in the form of a vaccine that, that's available for the players. So the fact is, I think what should be done is if you've got the vaccine, unless you're showing symptoms, don't get tested. I, I think I think it's like if you're a new homeowner and you start tearing down every drywall in your house, you're going to find mold. You're going to find something. It's probably not enough to do any damage at all, but if you start digging around for trouble, you're always going to find trouble. And if you look at what's going on with all the other sports, if you start testing thousands of people a day, you're going to get hundreds of results. So I think we're to the point as a society that if you've made the decision to get vaccinated, you've done everything that as of right now is readily available to protect against this, unless you're showing symptoms, or unless you personally, now if a player is like, hey, I'm going to go see my family this weekend, I want to make sure I'm safe. Unless you personally want to get tested, I don't think you should have to take a COVID, COVID test if you're vaccinated. And that way, I mean, because I think from everything you hear, and look, I'm not a scientist. Let's make sure that's out there. Disclaimer, I dropped out of college. I don't know any of this shit. But I have a feeling if, if, you, if you start looking under every stone, you're always going to find something. You're always going to have this problem. And to the opposite point, to the people who's like, well, this is a big deal. we got to take this serious. If that's the case, then we need to shut it all down. If your point is that it's so serious that we have to be testing everybody at a, at a rapid rate and getting all these answers, then just shut it all down until it's all gone. You, you're not going to have it both ways. Either you'd have to say, you know what, these are adults to an extent. These are, at least they're old enough to make a decision. And they took, they took all the tests, they took all the steps pos- or possible to not become positive. But I think that's the only way you do it because if you if you keep testing everybody, you're just going to keep doing this. And I, I'm a big believer of uh, it's easier to ask for, ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. I agree with you, man. I think that's a that's a valid point. I'd say that let's say there's a vaccinated player that tests positive, um, they started showing symptoms. What if uh, like they they installed some more stricter protocols for the team for let's say like a week or so? Because just because they they're not showing symptoms doesn't mean they can't spread it. Obviously, we know that the unvaccinated spread it a lot more than the vaccinated, or at least that's what the studies have shown, if you choose to believe them or not. So why don't we go ahead and install more social distancing, masks, anything that can at least give the illusion that they're trying and making an effort? Because I think some of these teams aren't doing any of that. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you, though, Matt, on that. Anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, I mean, that pretty much covers it. 
I mean, you know, I don't know right now. Or is there a is there a uh, policy where you can test out? You can just take another rapid test like the next day or whatever, and just get back, you know, out of quarantine or whatever they're doing. So that's the thing I don't know because I know that maybe like the NFL and the NBA has it, but that's one of those things that's, um, you know, those are debated and argued in um, yeah like because the negotiations are... with unions. Since they, there's no union in college, it's yeah. kind of based on conferences and schools. And I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's conference based. Uh, like yeah. each conference has their own regulations. At least well, last year, it's just a matter of all of these conferences and you know institutions and everything just kind of trying to get on the as much of the same page as possible and coming up with policies. Cause we all know it's, we've been doing this for almost two years now. So we know how it works. There's no real huge mysteries out there. And, you know, and without getting too scientific or anything like that, this latest variant and everything isn't uh, nearly as severe as it was, you know, six months ago or a year ago or a year and a half ago. So we all know what the deal is. And, and, you know, some people are, you know, we'll choose to recognize it and some won't, but it's just, you have to just live with it at this point. Um, so testing out, um, taking precautions when necessary, you know, if you have, if you have, you know, a 33% say of your roster is positive, um, then maybe you pause for a game and everybody tests again, 24 hours later. And then, you know, if you have negative tests, you'd come back just like everybody else is doing in the pros and with coaches and things like that. We've seen, for the past year and a half, all of that happening. So I think it's just a matter of everybody just kind of, uh, you know, processing it and just, uh, you know, going about these procedures and updating their protocols and things like that. And, you know, as far as teams having to forfeit, um, you know, I think all that's being looked at right now. I know Andy Katz put out a video, like a three and a half minute video on it, how those policies, um, everybody's looking at those conference wide. I know Seton Hall got a a forfeit win today um, because of that. So, you know, it's just an ongoing uh, issue right now, obviously. It's why our, it's our number one topic. So it's just things that people have to talk about and meet about and, and work out. So that's what I was thinking is like, all right, so they have the, there should be a certain threshold of uh, players. Like there should be a certain amount of scholarship players that are positive for you to cancel a game due to COVID. Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't count against your record. Because I don't think that it should yeah. count against a record for because kids are getting COVID like that. I don't especially because we know that like ninety percent of rosters are vaccinated. You know exactly. So, I mean, but know. like in the case that like, and I'm not saying that Louisville downplayed it, at, or like they're just trying to uh, say that it's blaming it all in COVID. But I know for a fact that at least you know like one player was positive on whenever it was that they played uh, Western was it Saturday? Yeah. So, with that said. From then until now, like I know they've had more complications, but there should they should have hard stats of how many players have tested positive. Scholarship players have tested positive, and they're right. saying, "All right, we are canceling it," and it has zero tournament implications because it doesn't look good at, on paper when they lost to a, a, a worse team that same day, and then their next opponent totally manhandled a better team than them. And I think you know actually I mean? um, TJ, our boy TJ put out, was the one that tweeted out kind of the story behind that is, you know, one player was like not feeling good or whatever. And they like went to the trainers and they tested him and then they decided to test everybody. Like why? There's no reason for that at all. So yeah, if you're not, um, if you're not showing signs, like, like Matt said, then you shouldn't be tested, but right. And that's the thing is that, all right. So the NCAA needs to say there needs to be at least three to four, five scholarship players that are positive with COVID that are vaccinated 
to for you to be to cancel a game and have zero tournament implications because it just worked out conveniently that Louisville got to miss this game due to COVID and they're on pause because of COVID after they got they got upset and you know it just doesn't look right to me and that's my opinion but yeah kind of tongue-in-cheek I sent a text to one of my UL friends today and just saying oh you know Mac is you know, ducking out again or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it is what it is. And all these policies really haven't been probably looked at to deal with this latest, you know, variant that's spreading like wildfire, which, um, you know, and so everybody just kind of has to take a step back and update that and, and look at what's going on and, you know, just make it work for everybody. Because at this point, like I said, it's just something that we're living with. You know, there's nothing, you don't need to make any drastic um, you know, decisions and changes and, and totally pause things and all that kind of stuff for a situation where 90, 95% of all these rosters are vaccinated uh, people, you know, and everybody's just, we're all learning to deal with it in our daily lives anyway. So, and really to the, it's to the point right now where for the most part, uh, all these vaccinated people, you're, you're, you're barely even having any symptoms at all to begin with. So it's that, a tough thing be, to work out. That's going to be my point is like, from what, everything we can see, this latest like strain is super like transferable, but the symptoms are super low for people right. that are vaccinated. So it's like Matt said earlier, if you're testing everyone all the time, it's like your girlfriend checking your phone, like she's going to find some text message that she doesn't like if she keeps looking, which is the the analogy I thought you were going to go with when you started going to that one. Um, but like if you're going through and testing people that are non-symptomatic, you're going to find people that are like people that are positive for COVID, even though they're not having symptoms, it should honestly be treated kind of like the flu where it's like, if you get tested and you are feeling symptomatic, then you sit out. But I think at this point, it makes sense to have like two different standards for people that are vaccinated and people that aren't, because we're seeing that the difference and like the impact of the disease is very different for vaccinated people versus unvaccinated. So if someone, if someone comes up, even like they wake up and they're like, Oh, I'm hungover," Like, sure. Test them to make sure that they're like, don't have COVID. If they're feeling bad at all, test them. But if they're feeling fine, then just let them play. And if, something breaks out, like treat it after the fact, but just going through and testing everyone all the time, just yeah, to, to say that we're testing people is just going to lead to, to games getting canceled that don't really need to be. Right. Yeah. We're not, it's, it's evolved and we're not in the same situation we were a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, so it's interesting. It's, I'm finally, I'm good. I'm glad, I'm glad that we've gotten to the point where, you know, Western, for example, played Louisville Saturday and you know there's no second thoughts whatsoever about Kentucky playing Western on Wednesday so they played it you know Western played a team that has COVID issues um, in Louisville and Kentucky's you know we're all set to play them on Wednesday and so that's good that we've gotten to that point at least where we're not just totally freaking out and losing our minds to where we're canceling it's just a a ridiculous domino effect of everything gets canceled just because one team has COVID issues. So at least we've gotten to that point. We need to take a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Where it stays within that team and doesn't transfer to the other team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's encouraging to see for sure. Cause I mean, when the start of the season, we just thought it was going to be a normal season now. And so now that it's going back up into the crazy realm, um, 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just, and uh, just one more thing, like on the, you know, quote unquote science on this, everything that every, from where this variant and everything started South Africa and, and gone into Europe and everything, all of the, you know, uh, results have shown that it drops significantly very, very fast and it, it spreads like wildfire quickly, but it also burns out, you know, very quickly. So it'll be a two or three week process, hopefully no more than that of just working through this and, and just trying to, uh, you know, go to the next phase. My favorite thing I saw today on Twitter, Goodman's tweet, he said something along along the lines of like talking to other coaches and different programs that are on pause for COVID. A lot of them said that one player was feeling bad and went to their trainer and got tested. And then, the rest of the team got tested, and then yeah. that's how they got in pause. So was it Goodman? I thought it was TJ that tweeted that out. It might have been think, Goodman or both or whatever. I think probably both, but the, the best yeah. part was the reply to it. says, wow, groundbreaking stuff, Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> like a player was feeling bad. They went and got tested. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, you know, it is what it is. But I think, you know, all of the people that are kind of losing their minds and have this paranoia about it, you know, it's just that's a little bit, a little bit uh, much. You know, I think it's just going to be one of these things that we deal with for a few weeks and then it it just kind of wears, it just kind of goes away, you know, and we'll see what the next thing that comes along that, you know, happens. The crazy part is, it's like, I don't know if it's because I live in Florida and people are just kind of like done with COVID. I saw something that was like, somebody's like, they're just treating this like it's a breakup, but you can't just move on from COVID. But that's how a lot of people are around here you see the effects of it everywhere. I mean, like in all of the leagues, not just college basketball, mm-hmm. it's affecting everybody, NFL, everything. I mean, we have yeah. games on Tuesday nights, you know, tomorrow night we're going to have a game. So, it, I mean, it's affecting everybody, but I don't know. I think everybody's just come better. to the realization that, um, you know, it's just something that we're living with and, you know, we just doing what we're doing. Once you had, once you have, um, you know, multiple vaccines, it's just like it turns into any other type of illness. You know, you have the vaccines, you have plenty of treatments, you have plenty of therapeutics, and then you just work with it from there. Yeah. So if you guys don't have anything else to add on to this, we're going to we're going to move on because I think we we kind of said, I think, everything we can say about this. But we're going to move on to Shark Tank upsets. So this is where we pitch. Um, a game in the upcoming week that's primed for an upset and we provide stats and reasoning or just try to persuade the other hosts to buy in. So sharks can either buy a pint, a case, a keg, or they can be totally out. So go ahead and pitch us your, uh, your upset sharks. I'm going to start and we're going to go with Arizona losing at Tennessee because the gut said so. That's all you need to know. We're picking them. Arizona, I'm pretty sure they're undefeated. Don't even matter. Throw records out the window. They're stepping into Knox Vegas, and they're going to take their first L. 68-64. Buy it now. This is like NFT. This is like crypto. You don't have to understand it, but if you don't want to be a loser out in the rain, you buy it today. Sharks, are you with me? That's the best pitch you've ever given. The Just – Buy it and not you're a loser. No, I I'll dabble. I'll buy a I'll buy a six pack. Um I feel like the Arizona they are undefeated, but I think this game's a lot closer than the like six versus nineteen ranking shows. Um Tennessee's definitely up and down. 
Kennedy Chandler uh, is has been kind of hit or miss uh, this year, um, but I like Tennessee at home. I like that Arizona is going to have to travel a long way for this game. I feel like there's just a lot of factors. Plus, if the gut says so, I mean, the gut has a pretty good track record. So I'll buy a six pack. Now, a lot like a lot of infomercials, there's going to be like a little asterisk, and then in real quick, vo- in a quick high speed voice, I'm going to say that none of this matters if anything's impacted by COVID at all, unless it's Arizona, then I'm doubling down. Um, but yeah, and I just think this is going to be a crazy year. I'm here for all the episodes. I think it's just going to be a crazy year for teams having to go into other teams' arenas. Maybe it's the crowd just being back, but I just think we're going to see chaos. Yeah, man. Uh, give me a case of that, Matthew. I like it. You know, Tennessee is Tennessee's tough when they want to be. So I think it'll be one of their good games. We'll see what happens, but I like it. Give me a case. I need to know is Folky back? Do we know? I, I seen some Tennessee fans saying he should run for um office, so let's say no. Uh I don't uh, I'm gonna buy a pint. I'm very hesitant. I'm gonna buy a pint. And the only reason I'm buying a pint is because the gut is on a roll. Um, I think they're you know two straight weeks of insane picks. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna buy pint just for that reason alone because I don't trust Tennessee's uh backcourt enough to or front court, first of all. I don't trust them enough to win them a game. And uh backcourt, I think Kennedy Chandler has a lot of growing up to do before he could carry a team and Viscovi can only do so much. So um yeah, I'm gonna buy pint, but I'm definitely not in the headspace to say that Tennessee will win, if that makes Speaking sense. Speaking of growing up, Tennessee could uh, afford to grow a couple inches for this matchup too, because that that is one thing that makes me kind of nervous about it is Arizona has, what, three players that are above 6'11 that are major contributors on their team. And I think other than Brendan Henley, I feel they have like one dude that's above 6'10. So that does make me worry a little bit. But Another disclaimer, the bubble – the gut bubble will bust because I put $10 on the Rutgers game thinking, you know, Hey, what of it made nice little chunk change. I was pretty confident about the Alabama at Memphis. I just thought pinning that team was due. I mean, we see it with Kentucky all the time. You get that much talent. The shots are going to fall one game, put 50 on it. So I just put a hundred on this game. Eventually I'm going to keep doubling until I'm broke. And so well, for your sake, I hope that they, they, they get the upset, but. We will see. I'm just not – I don't. I think the Arizonas are just rolling right now. But every time I say that, the team ends up losing or lose, or getting a really close win. So, we'll see. Either that bubble's bursting or you're taking us all to, to like, Vegas for a weekend. That's the – those are the two options. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Yeah, Falky played on the 14th. How did he do? What, what did he do? Is uh, he, 18 minutes, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Kind of pedestrian a little bit, but yeah, he was really he was you know the game before that he only had two and four, so he's been you know he's a shell of himself. I mean, he wasn't that yeah. great last year, for being honest. He was better in that game against Kentucky um, yeah. in twenty nineteen. That was in twenty twenty. That was like mm-hmm. one of the last games of the season. Like right. he looked his absolute best then. Yeah, that was like last senior, year senior night or something. Yeah, and I mean, and then last year, like he was just kind of ho-hum so yeah not that great so all right somebody else pitch a upset this week all right guys i'm gonna go with uh the racers for murray state um over uh auburn at auburn yeah that's the one immediately um, out 
I'm immediately out. Just let you know right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I've already tried I, to pitch Auburn to get upset twice on this podcast. Yeah, and I've been I think I've done it at least so. once myself. But I'm, I'm telling out. you, it's going to happen. Both teams are ten and one. Uh, Tevin Brown is going to go for thirty in this game. Justice Hill is going to go for twenty. Uh, so fifty of Murray's ninety-one points are going to be from those two guys. And basically, they're just going to out. They're just going to outscore Auburn. That's what's going to happen. So. If, if y'all want to go with me, go with me. If you don't, then, you know, too bad, so sad. I'm in there. All right. I don't know there. who you said, but I'm in there. Right. Get on in there. <laughs> it's, in there. Uh, it's Auburn going down to Murray State, the racers. So Where's Kentucky, the game at? It's at Auburn. All right, you um, might be out of your damn mind, but I love it. I'm in, you sick Murray, son of a bitch. Murray has already beaten, uh, obviously, Memphis. But it's saying something. It might be saying something. It might not be saying something. I don't know. But um, Memphis is, you know, pretty similar team to Auburn overall as far as athleticism and, you know, physicality and talent goes. But I just see Murray pulling it off. One Auburn's of better coach, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, that's probably it's probably a true statement. But uh, it's half. This is half gut and just half kind of, you know, looking at it and saying I think Auburn's going to have a down game, not as, not make 15 threes, or going to make like nine threes. Jabari Smith is just so dang good. I love watching him play. This is true. What do you say, Dow? Jabari Smith, future future Magic draft pick whenever you're, you all suck and draft in the top three again? Yeah, that, that's definitely happening this year. That's definitely happening this year. <laughs> um, On that, I don't know. I think I'm out. I think the times that Auburn loses are usually to teams that can really hang with them and kind of beat them in the like athleticism department, which usually means they get upset by worse power five teams rather than group of five teams. So I think I'm out. But Auburn's only loss has come to UConn, correct? They're ten and one also. Who who else? Auburn's ten and one also. Yeah. Their only loss has come to UConn and it came in double overtime in a tournament setting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's tough for me. Like I've always, like I said, I've had plenty of content to pitch against Auburn and they've, yeah. and they've, uh, they've gone ahead and spoiled that for me twice. Now I pitched UCF to beat them and I pitched, uh, um, St. Louis to beat them last week, which it was a close game a 74 70, but I'm, I'm still out. Yeah. I think Auburn just gets nipped in this one. 91 to 84. Write it down. Damn, seven point loss. Wow. I mean, um, uh, yeah, but that could be like free throws. True. So. Um, my upset pick of the week is a little bit uh, lower on the totem pole. I'm not picking a team that is ranked. I'm not picking a team that's even very good. But Vanderbilt, who is one of the three worst teams in the SEC probably right now, they are traveling – to the Stan Sheriff Center, which is in Honolulu, Hawaii, to take on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors or whatever their mascot is now. And, like, despite, obviously, Vandy not being very good, uh, Hawaii is 220th in Ken Palm, so they are very much not good. But um, looking at this, one, this is just a result of there not being a ton of great games this week because we're heading into into – Christmas and some of the top teams are dealing with COVID right now, but um, this one seemed fun. Always fun to kind of give a little shade to, to Jay Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. I wish they were better, but they're not very good. And 
Vanderbilt kind of lines up and the matchups, they're a little bit shorter than Hawaii. Hawaii does a good job of protecting the ball and a good job of hitting their free throws, which I think is always a good um, like recipe for an upset. So this is is my pick. What do we think? That was wait, wait, wait. So the upset, upset. Yeah, the upset like is Hawaii. Not- that Hawaii is beating Vandy. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I thought they were the favorite. I figured they'd be the favorite. Yeah. I give thought you were going to try to convince me that Vandy was going to go to Honolulu and beat Hawaii. I mean, Vandy's 84th and Ken Palm and Hawaii's 220th. So there's a big, yeah, big gap there. Give me the keg. Um, Vanderbilt struggled. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt struggled to score like 30 points in a game. I think at one point this season. So I'm, uh, I'm just seeing that, and that just says a lot. So, uh, yeah, give me a keg on this. I'm with Fill you this on that. Pull up. Hawaii by 15. There we go. Yeah. What do you think, Kyle? I like that. Give me five cases, and if if they're on back order, give me five more. There we go. I will somehow fund all of the beer that you all have just bought with <laughs> the winnings that I get from from this upset. So semi related, how does Hawaii just not recruit better in every sport ever? I mean, like the location alone should be like you go and live in Hawaii. That's so they're they're like recruiting rules. I think that are set by them are very strict. You can't. You can't official visit unless you have committed, I'm pretty sure. So, one, it's just, like, hard to get to Hawaii in general. Like, that's a five-hour plane, like, ride from L.A. So, imagine trying to, like, pitch some kid that's in New York. Like, I mean, that's a full day of travel to get out there. Yeah, they, fair enough. I get because, that. Because well, they're worried about how many, just, like, so, yeah. yeah. I, no, I think you were going to get to my point of just taking it for a vacation. Yeah, like because they want to avoid people doing that, they have really strict rules on who can actually official visit. So you can, like, if you want to go unofficially visit there, I'm pretty sure, you, like, they're all for that. But they're not gonna, they don't pay for official visits unless yeah. you've already committed to the school. So, because yeah. I mean, every kid would do that, right? I'm the number one quarterback in the country. I got Alabama. I got Texas. I got Ohio State. I got Hawaii. You know, I would be doing all that. So yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think certain schools, and maybe this is how it should be, certain schools value particular tradition or honor, if you will, over mm-hmm. selling your soul. I imagine Hawaii's very big into that. Of You know, they'd rather have, you know, Marcus Mariota and Tua is obviously not a good comparison because they Dylan were Gabriel. quarterback. But, you know, just quarterbacks that are from the area, they would rather have those guys than yeah, try to wine and dine some, even some kid from California. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I know this ain't a college football show, but I think in college football, if you agree to – if you're like a, a non-conference school, if you agree to go to Hawaii, I think the NCAA will allow you to schedule like an additional home game. Because like I remember being like 2000s, in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, when Kentucky would play 12 games, you would have like a team go 8-5 and five in the regular season, and it's because they went to Honolulu – or wherever I It's such a long Hawaii. trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they do, I think they do that like that week zero. So I imagine it's just tough all around. Yeah. I definitely get that. I just want to have a little fun conversation with it. I love, I've been to Hawaii once and it was great. So, um, just thinking about, just thinking about how like fun it would be to go to college in Hawaii. Like, I would definitely try and do that if I was a top recruit in the nation. Um, Dylan Gabriel definitely should have stayed there. I don't think. You know where I don't think UCLA was the spot for him to go to, but we'll see. 
Um, this is not a college football podcast, like you said, though. So my pick this week is Virginia Tech over Duke. I know it's at Duke, so that's a huge thing because Cameron Indoor, friendly whistle for Coach K. But Virginia Tech shoots 40% from three. Like, And it's not like they shoot a low percentage like as far as like the volume. I mean, they shoot a high volume of three-pointers. So um, 40% from three is very – it's a very eye-popping stat. Duke struggles to contain outside shooting. They struggle both making and defending outside shooting. Um, and that's how Ohio State upset Duke. So I think if Virginia Tech can get hot early, knock down maybe like two or three threes within the first like four minutes or so, um, then Duke loses by five. That's what I'm pitching. What do you got? I'm out. I just went at Cameron, I think's tough. If it was at uh, Blacksburg or, or wherever Virginia Tech plays, I'd be right there. I'd, I'd buy all of it. But uh, and the ACC just doesn't look like it's much right now. So And, and they're playing the one team that kind of does. So, yeah, I'm out. All right. So, this weekend, uh, we went. I went to the Hoopal Shootout Classic or whatever it was called in Charlotte and got to see the tail end of the Virginia Tech-St. Bonaventure game and, and Virginia Tech – absolutely blew the doors off of St. Bonaventure. And it really like, made me impressed with the team as a whole. They know who their shooters are. They run like good offense, good sets to get the right people, the ball in like the right situations. So I like that. I also am looking, I'm pretty sure Virginia Tech is like almost 300th in the country in terms of getting their points from free throws. So they're not, they are not a team that relies on free throws to score points, which is nice when you're going into Cameron, because you're not going to get calls anyway. So their ability to, to go in and, and score on Duke, I think will be fine. They have three guys that are probably six, nine, six, 10 ish. So Mark Williams might be a little bit of a problem, but, um, I can't remember it's number one and number 22. I can't remember their names are both like pretty athletic kind of in, in the NBA, they would be four, but in college they're fives, but they're athletic defenders that should be able to stick at least like decently well with Paolo Vanchero and their, their guards are, are old and pretty stocky. So I think they'll be able to, to contain Trevor Keels and Wendell Moore who have both been playing really well, obviously. Um, so I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but saying that, I think there's a shot. So give me mm, – I'll take two six-packs. I'll take two six-packs on this one. I'm here for it. Hmm. I'm here for that. One on board. Yeah. Um, I'm on the fence here. I mean, Virginia Tech usually – it's at Virginia Tech, right, Connor? No, it's not. Okay. No, it's Sorry. at Cameron Indoor. Okay. I heard Matt talking about Blacksburg. Okay, that's – yeah, he said the same thing. They do play Duke well at Virginia Tech, but I'm not sure that I can't remember the last time they won it, Cameron. Um, it may have been recently, but may have been last year for all I know. But um, I don't know. I like it, but I'm, I can't go. I can't go with you on it. I'm just gonna. I'm probably gonna just have to turn you down. Sorry, buddy. Eh, well, me and Dal will have a good time with our two six packs and whatever I buy on it because. It's going to happen. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And we're going to be like, wow, wow, how did we think Duke was that amazing? Um, Because really, if you look at that Kentucky game versus Duke, we did shoot well um, from three outside, but it wasn't 
our go-to game in that. And I mean, the only person who really shot well from three was Grady. So Virginia Tech is a better shooting team right now than Kentucky is, and that's saying something. So 40% from three is nothing to shy away from. I think you guys are going to regret not buying this. So yeah, lose it by five. I don't hate it at all. I mean, I'll be very happy for you if it, if they pull it off. All right. So, well, that wraps Memphis things. by eight. Yeah, that's okay. Memphis also beat Alabama, so that's a good win. <laughs> the last time Virginia Tech won at Duke, Seth Greenberg was their head coach. That's how long ago we're talking. Uh, so yeah. they're due. That's all I'm hearing is recent. that they're due. Every time we, I love, I love turning those those types of sayings around. It's like, oh, they're due for a win then. <laughs> all right, yeah. we're gonna oh, we're gonna wrap things up for Shark Tank upsets here, and we're gonna move on to beer review. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, now it's time for the beer review. It's this part of the podcast where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had before or we just highly recommend. So... Let's uh, go ahead and review some beer, guys. I'm very excited about mine, but I'll save it for later. You guys go ahead. All right. Well, I'll start. Um, I I really pride myself into being the the poor man of the show when it comes to beer. You know, you guys, you know your stuff. You when the, when a beer connoisseur throws on these this podcast, I feel like when it comes to you three, they're really going to drive it home. When it comes to me, I, I'm speaking for the poor man. I'm speaking for the person that doesn't drink a lot of beer. So. I'm going to continue the tradition of drinking a beer that I probably don't like. I got a Euling Hershey chocolate. No clue what this is going to taste like. Never I've heard this is amazing, beer. by the way. I've heard it's great, and I'm not a stout person. And Did you say a Euling? Euling. It's Yingling, buddy. And it's also, it's Whoa, also that seems a bit racist. Let's pump it. It's, it's, a, a, it's a porter, not a stout, Connor. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's a porter. Either yeah, way, porter. those dark beers, I know somebody that doesn't like dark beers, and they like this one. So uh, it it definitely smells like a heavier, like just beer, like it, but it smells heavier. Yeah. I don't smell the chocolate, so we'll see. I don't hate it. Mm. I, I don't. I don't love it. I don't like it. Don't get actually, wrong. That should have been my upset pick of the week. Then there it is. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it, actually, I wouldn't have bought it on that. So this is a beer. If if you like beer, but you don't like and and help, you guys can help translate this to a more beer nerd conversation. If you like regular beer, but Guinness is too heavy for you, this is a good in-between. This is... Yeah, that's what I would imagine. Because Guinness is real heavy to me. I don't like coffee either. Guinness is real like heavy coffee. This is somewhere in between. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't probably wouldn't buy this beer if I was just sitting at the house. But if I were to come over to somebody's house and they were like, hey, you you want a beer? And this was in there, I would grab it. I would grab it and not... I could, I could finish this without looking disrespectful to the guy who gave me a beer. You know, that's the, the one I had that's last, a, that's a good, the one I had last good time, I would take beer, a big swig man. and spit that out right on his carpet and be like, get this shit out of here. Um, this one, I'd finish it, be very respectful, and when he offered me another one, I'd say thanks, but no thanks, you know, driving home, whatever. So, a very manageable beer. Um, 
if we're going to compare it to a sports team, I don't know. I mean, Virginia Tech-ish. You know, like, like a th- it's a team you don't hardly have much of a feeling for. Yeah. But they play good enough you might hang out and watch them if there's nothing else on. Like, hey, like, you know those games that just show up on, like, a Monday on ESPN? This, this is that. Um, this is like BYU football. I think what you're supposed to do with that one, instead of stuffing a, you know, you stuff a lime or whatever in some, you stuff a Hershey kiss in that, right? I don't know. It's supposed to already have it in it. So I don't know. What <laughs> I guess he was joking, but I don't know. You... Just to accentuate the chocolate flavor. If anything, you would put like white chocolate or something, you know what I mean? To contrast a little yeah, bit. like the Whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, no. I, I've heard that it's a great beer um, by somebody that doesn't care for porters or stouts or any of the dark beers. So I'm I'm looking forward to trying it eventually, but I'm not going to buy it right now. Yeah, I was thinking of going with something today, you know, for like the holiday season, getting a little desserty or sweet or something like that or whatever, you know. But I thought about going with Colt 45 because for well, three bucks I can get a big two, one. yeah, and two zigzags, right? <laughs> Somebody else where, go. I don't know where Dow went, but I was going to wait for him to go. But um, all right. So from that, we're going to go to. Honestly, uh, it's probably the one of the, what one of the best beers in the world. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna class it up a little bit, and I'm gonna go with a uh, Duvel, um, just the original Belgian strong blonde, delicious, beautiful beer. Um, they've got this. I was at the. Uh, I was trying to get something you know that I can have a few of at you know christmas dinner and all that kind of stuff um you know just kind of fancy christmas season uh beer drinking um so this year duvel is is uh celebrating their 150th anniversary and they put out a uh like an anniversary pack in in uh liquor stores and everything um for their 150th anniversary and you can't see it obviously on the podcast but it comes with four uh bottles of Duvel and um, a nice, beautiful tulip shaped glass 150th anniversary on there with the red D and all kinds of good stuff going on. So um, I had to pick that up. It was only 17 bucks for four Duvels and this glass. So that was like a steal um, because a lot of times when you go to a, a bar or restaurant or whatever, like one bottle of Duvel is like 10, 12 bucks. So I figured I had to take advantage of that. So I'm going to crack it open. It's smooth. Um, it's 8.5%. Like I said, it's a, it's a, uh, L, uh, an ale, uh, Belgian style ale, strong ale. It's a little hoppy, um, at 33%, but it's pretty much only, it's kind of like, you know, like the Belgian Guinness type thing. It's only served in a Duvel glass, a tulip shaped glass. Um, you know, a certain shape to accentuate the, uh, the beer. Um, you want a good head on it to keep that, um, carbonation in and the flavor. So I'm waiting. Yeah. You know, good head is a must obviously. So I'm going to wait for this head to go down just a little bit. Cause I, that might be the first time I've poured a, uh, Duvel in one of these glasses. So I'm gonna wait for that to go now, down. Is it just hard for a to second. pour with good head? It is very hard to pour. So. Yeah, getting getting the good head and getting it to pour R. right. Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, come on. <laughs> like, I've seen it, but you can't do that. 
I'm gonna have to like put like explicit or like spoiler alert on the description now. Come on, man. So the um... good luck editing it out, dude. I'm leaving it in there. I'm putting a spoiler alert. I'm putting the exact timestamp and everything. It's like it, this is all staying in there. But just don't put what. Like just put like massive spoiler alert, but don't put any context with it. Just be like, hey, listen from this minute at your own risk. That's not a spoiler alert. I have to put a spoiler alert on there. Go ahead, Kyle. We're interrupting mm. your beer review. Oh, you just got over the good ahead. Ah, oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what. It's it's probably my favorite beer. I mean, obviously, it's a very popular beer. It's won all kinds of awards. Um, I mean, it's delicious. Like it, it does have some bitterness to it and some hoppiness. Um, but basically, they describe the taste as slightly fruity, dry aroma, well hopped with a slightly bitter aftertaste. Um, I mean, it's just a straight up gangster beer. I mean, it's it's awesome. So, it's kind of like like I said, it's my special special time of the year um by the way my birthday is tomorrow so i kind of you know i had to treat myself and um you know happy 76th birthday Kyle. yes absolutely um finally can collect social security so um looking forward to that that'll be one of us and uh <laughs> and so um you know obviously an amazing history comes from, you know, one of the most famous breweries in the world one of those famous areas for beer in the world. And, you know, like I said, it's just, it's just the OG beer. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So tastes delicious. It's very strong. Um, you know, it just hits you, it hits you, it hits the, hits the sweet spot, so to speak. So if I had to compare it to anything, obviously I'm going to be a homer and compare it to the gold, the gold standard of college basketball the Kentucky Wildcats. It's a beautiful golden beer. So it's the gold standard for um, Belgian ales all around the world. That's all I got to say. So, so far Kentucky has been compared to Bud Light and your beer tonight. So that's right. Sure. At some point we're going to get another Kentucky Wildcats comparison (laughs) in this podcast, but I think it's better than Bud Light. Hey, I had to go with it. It's about the best you can best you can get. High praise. I'm gonna have to try it. Go ahead, Dal. Give us your beer. All right. So mine mine comes with a little story. So there is a brewery in Charlotte called Sycamore that has a sweet outdoor setup. They actually just like next to their building built a two story like brewery inside this like kind of multi use space um, that should open pretty soon. But they produce a bunch of beers, have a bunch of seasonal beers. Um, great place. If you ever visit Charlotte, um, it's a, it's a great spot to, to hit one of the better breweries in Charlotte, but they have a winter ale that they produce every year around Christmas. And last year they put something like something controversial on it. It was like some sort of like sexually explicit thing. And the ABC stores in North Carolina took it off of the, like, off the shelves they said they couldn't do it they couldn't sell it anymore so this year they like steered into the into the skid and put a bunch of like sexually explicit things on here uh i won't read them off because it'll make me blush um (laughs) but there's a there's a it's if y'all can see it on the video there's like all the snowflakes on it are made out of different like things genitalia Uh, or 
they're like sex toys and shit like that. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's called Christmas Cookie. It's a winter ale. It's seven point five ABV. Let me go here. Ooh, that's good. It like well, it's hard to put my finger on what it is. I feel like it's it's like a you put it in it. <laughs> I found it, it uh, here. This is the greatest thing ever. This pod has gone explicit. It has, it has. <laughs> no I way home. That. Um, no, it has like a, it does kind of taste like a sugar cookie kind of vibe. It has a little bit of like vanilla. Um, I don't know. It's good though. It does not taste like that it would be 7.5%, uh, which makes it kind of dangerous. Um, it's the best kind. But, but overall, um, just because it's a little scandalous, uh, I'm going to compare it to, to UNLV. Maybe I should do SMU. I guess SMU is more on the, the football side. They got in trouble. So I'll go UNLV. Uh, that's that's this will too, go to the ceiling. That's this too uh that's too easy of a easy yeah, of a it's too much um, of a too much of a lob. Up in the right corner. Yeah, I like the UNLV pick. I like the UNLV. Yeah, they, yeah UNLV I'll, pick. I'll go UNLV. They they oh, had some, they had some scandals in the past. They got kind of uh got hit with some some sanctions. Uh, they're also rebellious. Their name is the Rebel. Like that'll be that'll be my pick. Overall, though, very good beer. Like I said, Sycamore just in general has has good beers too. I like it. Where's Sycamore? Um, it's in South End in Charlotte. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Need yeah. to go to Charlotte. Need to review Charlotte. it. There's there's yeah, too many like too to many experiences too. that you've said on this podcast that that are that are keeping me like I have to try it now. I have to go up there. Charlotte's a good time. It's there's a decent amount to do, but the beer and food scene in Charlotte are especially good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't been there since like the '90s, since before you all were born. And that was—it is a very <laughs> different city in the last, even like five years. I go back. I went back this weekend for the first time in probably three months, and there were like buildings that were completely new that I had never seen. Like it's growing like crazy. Yeah, it is. The um. The uh, and there's a lot of great areas around there, obviously too, um, like Lake Norman and you know Davidson and all that kind of stuff around there. It's a, it's a great area for sure. I'm gonna start out with my my beard with a little trivia here, and see if either of you guys can guess this. So, don't look at the notes. Don't cheating. No cheating at all. Can you tell me the sports fishing capital of the world where it's located? Minnesota. Well, that's not sports fishing, but sure. Offshore fishing. Offshore sports fishing. Any guesses? You said offshore? Offshore. In the the ocean. Yeah, but like... Are we talking the Gulf or the East Coast? In the world, where the the sports fishing capital is. Honolulu. That's a good guess. I would would say somewhere around there, too, but no. Hmm. You guys give up? This looks got to be somewhere close to you. It is somewhere. It's somewhat close to me. It's about, um, it's about six or seven hours from me. So that you know, you say that's not really that close by by car. It is south. Um, It is Isla Mirada, Florida. Ah, yeah. Which is part of the Keys, one of the Florida Keys, and they have a great, like a fantastic beer company. Their brewing company they're called Isla Mirada Beer Company. And they make this, this is like a very specific um, beer that they have there, but it's called No Wake Zone. 
I'm going to like zoom in on here so you can just look at it. It's a coconut key lime ale. And it Ooh, is the weirdest like beer I've ever had, but I love it so much. And I've actually had this before. Last week, I did one that I've never had before. So this week, I wanted to do one that I've had before. But I promise you, you guys like, do you like key lime pie? Hell yeah. Key lime so, pie is the best dessert, and it's not close. I, I agree with you. I'm 100% on that. 100% on that. Close. <laughs> I, I love key lime pie. This beer, it's like it's like you're drinking a key lime pie, except for you know, mm. it has the beer flavor, you know, taste at the end. It is so good. The coconut really stands out. I'm gonna give another sub, just giving an initial reaction here. Do you Kyle, get like better head or key lime pie? Because you really dove into that key lime pie. And you're like, <laughs> hey, at the same time, both at the same time, right? I mean, you can't beat that. Does it have like the graham cracker? Yeah, flavor that's, to the, it too? that's the thing. It has a little bit of the graham cracker, a little cracker bit of everything flavor. with the coconut. That's yeah. where it stands out. Um, but the, yeah, the key lime. It's I mean, it's it's a great beer. I highly recommend it. It is um, 4.9% alcohol by volume and 14 IBUs. And like I said, it's located in uh, Isla Morada, Florida. So nice. in March, I'm going down to the Keys with my family. And we're spending a week down there. So we plan on stopping there and uh, you know checking out the brewery there. And there's also this place in Isla Morada called Wahoos. If you guys ever make it down to the Keys, you got to stop at Wahoos. Yeah. This is a free plug for them. They have, I'm not kidding you, the best smoked fish dip i've ever had in my life it costs 20 dollars for an appetizer but mm. it I, I would get like two of those as a meal it is that good it is they, so good i love wahoo too do they make it out of wahoo or something it's else? made out of wahoo and that's what makes yeah. it like really good because normally like i'll have it out of, like mackerel or like um right. mullet or something like that but wahoo is the fastest fish in the ocean right one of the right fastest I, I one think, of the fastest I know yeah that. i think it's either that or barracuda but yeah I think barracudas are faster. Yeah, I think barracudas are right there. Like For their size, the Wahoos can move. Yeah. But I mean, very good. So definitely check out Wahoos, the the restaurant. But if you ever make it down to Island Marauder Beer Company, fantastic beer. The no wake zone is a hundred percent recommended by me. It is nice. so good. So we're There's gonna a, move on. Or go ahead. I, 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 real, real quick. There's a brewery up by me, Braxton Brewery in northern Kentucky and Covington that makes a key lime a key lime beer also that I've had a few times and it's great. So I'll be interested in trying that out. Definitely. When I head down there. Yeah. I just based on my personal brand, cannot go to a place called no wake zone. I feel like that I am unwelcome there. It's the name of the, the beer, but yeah. <laughs> the uh, no, we, uh, we went to the keys when I was probably like six or seven. I begged my parents to get us a convertible whenever we like got down to like rent our car, yeah, you have the, to. it's a must. They paid the extra money to rent a car. What six year old me didn't realize is that sitting in the backseat of a convertible just means you get absolutely pelted by air. Like, <laughs> so, so we rented the convertible for like the entire week. And I made them like after the first hour, I made them drive with the top up like the entire time. Cause I was like, this is awful. I'm just getting obliterated. Back here. <laughs> I did so. the same thing with my parents when I was like 12 or 13 or something. We, we went from Miami to Key West in a convertible and got roasted yep. by the sun and you know, all that kind of stuff. So. A, ter- a terrible experience if you're not in the front seat. Right. I, man, I love the keys. I can't wait to go. We're going like the 14th through the 18th, I think, is when we'll be there. And then two weeks later, we're going to my brother. My parents work at a high school, um, and my brother is a senior in high school. So he's going to grab bash, and we get to be uh, like chaperones for it uh, at Universal. 
And so we get to cut the lines and go on the, all the rides. And then that next morning, the following morning, we're driving to New Orleans for his birthday. And we're going to spend his birthday in New Orleans, which happens to be the same time as the final, final four. four weekend. So yeah. um, I'm super excited for that stretch of like that month is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the heroes and zeros. This is the opportunity that we have to highlight some individuals or a team here or there in um, college basketball, or we can, and we can also kind of rag on a little bit of teams or coaches or adults, maybe not rag on these kids because they're kids, but um, we're going to definitely drag the coaches and the teams as a whole. So heroes and zeros, what you got? I don't have any yet. I think I might have some, but I want to hear what you guys have. So go ahead and give me yours. Well, I have a, I have a quick small hero here. Um, Western Kentucky stepped up, going to play a game coming into Rupp, going to replace Louisville, who's out with COVID for the Kentucky game. Um, so it's just a good opportunity that, from my understanding, the game's still going to be on primetime, 6 p.m. Wednesday night. Um, as we kind of alluded to, not a lot of great selections this week, so a good opportunity for them to get some national exposure. And um, as we were talking about in our pre-show, they got a seven-foot-five guy. Um, as somebody who grew up a big fan of Manute Bow and Luke Longley and um, George Mearson, I've always enjoyed the seven-foot-three, seven-foot-four and above. And not like the seven foot guy that you're like, oh, he's seven two, just because he's got, he just looks a little tall, like a true blue seven four, seven five, seven six guy. Um, so hey, Kentucky stepped up. Western Kentucky stepped up. The I guess all the a lot of the proceeds or however they're doing it is going to the Kentucky tornado victims. So that's awesome. And then like I was saying, just a, a great opportunity to see a guy seven foot five. You got any zeros? Um, Aunt May dying. God dang it. Why are you doing this, bro? You are the zero. You are the zero. I was say, Matt, Matt is my zero. Matt is the zero of the week. <laughs> Green Goblin killing her. Somebody I'll, else I'll go. go. I'll go with my, with my heroes and zeros. Uh, my hero is a, like a collective group. So we saw multiple ACC teams get beat. ACC has been very disappointing this year as an entire conference, but I wanted to give a shout out to three of the top guards. I guess one of them is kind of like a more of a wing than the guard, but as kind of underwhelming as the ACC has been as a whole from a team perspective, um, there are three guys, Alondis Williams at Wake, Michael DeVoe at Georgia Tech, and Wendell Moore uh, at Duke that have, and he's the guy that I was saying, like he is kind of a wing. So we'll loop him into the guard conversation for this, but those guys have all been absolutely killing it this year. Michael DeVoe's second in the country in points per game. Alondis Williams is 10th. Both of them are scoring over 21 points per game. Uh, I think Wendell Moore is around 17 points per game, but he's been obviously on that, that Duke team that has a couple of big wins um, is in the top 10. So uh, just wanted to kind of give a shout out that even if the ACC is down overall, there are still some guards, especially on some teams that are historically not as great with Wake and Georgia Tech, that still produce some really, really exciting basketball games, uh, even if the overall team is down. Because looking, Michael DeVoe shooting 
over 50% from three on essentially six attempts per game, which is just an unreal clip, especially because a lot of those are off the dribble because he's their, their like main ball handler. So just a lot of fun to watch and they see seeing some some good guard play despite the, the conference as a whole uh, underwhelming. Zeros. I'll just pick the kind of low-hanging fruit. We kind of touched on it earlier in the in the first segment, but just COVID in general, quit robbing us of games that we want to see. Like, go. I know that we we wanted to see or like getting to see a UK UNC matchup, which in my opinion, of any of the matchups that Kentucky has kind of gone away from in the past, like home and home wise, that would be the one I want to come back. Um, so it was great to see that, but not getting to see uh, the full Champions Classic just was kind of kind of lame. Um, would have loved to play Ohio State, especially because Holtman is one of the guys that's kind of rumored to be a potential replacement for Cal whenever that time comes, uh, has some Kentucky connections. Um, Kentucky obviously is going to miss their their game against Louisville. Not only does it put the Kentucky game that is like officially postponed, but the, Wake has a game uh, against Boston College this week, but Louisville is their next opponent. And even like with them pausing for COVID, the Wake Forest matchup on the 29th is in jeopardy for, for Louisville there. So just – and those are two kind of more personal ones, but just in general, I mean, there have been a bunch of big programs across the country that have canceled games. Um, I was pissed about the Memphis Tennessee game being canceled. Yeah, I was like, so mad about that. Like, that was going to be a good game. I was, thought Memphis was going to beat them. That would have been such a fun game and getting big matchups. I know this is college basketball and not NBA draft, but the two kind of go hand in hand, but like getting to see Kenny Chandler against Imani Bates would have been awesome to see just, two guys that we know will be future NBA players getting to match up against each other. Uh, so yeah, just like COVID, I mean, this isn't a hot take in the slightest, but COVID sucks. And yeah, that's my idea. Yeah. Also just seeing Memphis and Tennessee go against each other. Cause they hate each other. Like that yeah, is yeah. the word. That's their biggest rival. Like Tennessee's biggest. Like yeah, I saw that's always Fun to see. Tennessee fans were like, I don't like Kentucky. I loathe and absolutely despise Memphis. And I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see this. And it just went away, and I was really pissed about it. Another zero is uh, cheaters. Uh, we're starting to see some of the – I forgot what the acronym was, but the, investi- the investigation committee coming out with North Carolina State. I talked to – I was tweeting some guy on Twitter who, I guess, covers college for something. He said he anticipates that all this gets resolved in the next month, which who knows. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's been kind of years in the waiting. So, over the next time – over the next couple of weeks, we could see Kansas, Louisville, uh, maybe Arizona. I don't know who else is outstanding there. Um, but it looks like um, they're learning some of their fate. So, it'll be, be interesting to see. You hate to see it. All right. So I'm going to go, um, my hero is Mr. Savir Wheeler at UK came back with a unbelievable game against the Tar Heels after, a, a mess of a game against Notre Dame, um, the week before. So Savir goes for, what was it? 26 points, eight assists, 12 of 15, just like left-handed scoop layups all day long, uh, steals, layups, um, you know, addition to shooters. Um, you know, obviously North Carolina kind of lends itself to, you know, an open court game and they don't play 
like we've mentioned earlier, like I mentioned earlier on this podcast, they don't play hardly any defense at all. They, they really don't offer much resistance. Um, they don't have a really a great shot blocker. They don't have all ball defenders. They've got slow footed guards. So it was kind of a perfect storm for Savir to come back strong and, and put up a big game, but you actually have to go out there and execute and be aggressive and play fast and do it. And he did that. So it was nice to see him come back after, um, you know, such a struggle against Notre Dame. Um, so good for little guy. Um, you know, he's, he's feisty. He's always playing 110%. So you love to see him, you know, actually put it all together and, uh, have a big time, big time game and a game that Kentucky really, really needed badly. Um, so good for severe. Um, hopefully they can keep it going. And then my zero is going to be the voters that keep voting Villanova in the top 25. (laughs) I know that two of their losses, three of their losses aren't, you know, well, I mean, all their losses are to good teams, but they lost two in a row last week to Baylor and Creighton, both on the road, which are, that's excusable, but they lost by an average of 20 and a half. Um, So they're seven, they're seven and four and still voted like 23rd or something in the polls. So, Anyways, it's just annoying to still see them there. I think they need to drop out and earn it and get back in there, and they probably will. But for right now, I don't want to see Villanova in the top 25, so stop putting them there and annoying me. That's all I got. I think top 25 is fine considering who they went up against. Maybe post-Creighton game drop them because they lost by like 20, like you said. But, yeah, I think I think after the Baylor game, I mean – they only scored like what 34 30 36 points or whatever 36 points but Baylor only scored 54 so it's not like Baylor like 57 36 Baylor's a hell of a team they might repeat so it is what it is they could they could but their offense is suspect at times yeah it's shown I mean like they they struggled with Oregon recently too so if they play defense the way that the way they have been I mean you know they're going to be they're going to be in the final four again I think that's almost a certainty unless for you know unforeseen injury or whatever occurs but yeah yeah I mean, my solid. hero, my hero of the week is the is let's go and this is going to sound weird, but it's Mick Cronin and UCLA for just go ahead and canceling their game with UNC, so that way we could get at least one good matchup or what we thought was going to be a good matchup. But Kentucky laid the hammer on UNC and it wasn't even close, and I loved it. So shout out to Mick Cronin and UCLA for making the right call, canceling the game. Just go ahead, being proactive there. I appreciate that. And then my zero of the week, uh, Matt for spoiling No Way Home on this podcast, but also, let me think, um, I'd say, like you said, the voters, I think the voters have just been awful, especially this past week. It's been awful. Um, Jeff Goodman. You double down on it. Go ahead. But Jeff Goodman specifically, I'll say Jeff Goodman specifically, and, and I want him on this podcast eventually, but he's a zero this week for keeping Kentucky out of his top 25 after they manhandled a UNC team that you know like Goodman being Goodman but like Tennessee manhandled the same uh, UNC team and that's what keeps them in the top 25 you know they lost to a bad or not a bad but like a very mediocre Texas Tech team so but they're still in his top 25 and I don't know there's just the the it's just he he likes to troll he likes to troll UK fans so I get it but I don't know just take the take the L this week be a zero be easier yeah. this week, Goodman. So. Our fan base also kind of deserves it because they were ready to like completely write off our entire team. I'm not talking about anyone on this podcast. Obviously, I would never insinuate that one of <laughs> our podcast 
co-host overreacted to the Notre Dame game. But no, I, I mean, what I think I have no idea what he's referring to. <laughs> I mean, you were drinking that I'm good lost, stuff guys. that night. I'm lost. Me either. I mean, this is probably goes for just everyone in general, but Goodman, especially like overreacting over one game is probably like always going to be exactly that an overreaction. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I let's have, let's have all of that discussion for a mid for the midweek flight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy to discuss. <laughs> Well, I think the uh, the our fan base was definitely off the rocker. I mean, even this past week in a twenty nine point win, there was people complaining. So every yeah. fan base has I their wrenches. Every yeah, fan base is just no wrong reason to complain times. about that. No, there's if you find all. something to complain about in a twenty nine point win, you don't deserve to be a fan, yeah. in my opinion. But you know, let's move on. So we have must watch games of the week. This is the games that we highly recommend watching. Whatever you're doing, stop it. Turn on those games. Put it on your phone. If you're doing something you can't get away from, put it on your phone, listen to it, put it on the radio, whatever you need to do. There's really not a whole lot of good basketball on this week, but there's two top 25 matchups in this week. So we suggest turning on number 18, Xavier, versus number 23, Villanova. And I say we suggest it, but I kind of suggest it. I just think Villanova is kind of on the – like on the out right now um they just don't have a lot of great players like colin gillespie is the one good player that they have and besides that everybody else is kind of like subpar so um i think i don't think it's going to be that great of a game but we're going to have it as a must watch game of the week and i'm going to have xavier by 12 in this one at the minimum i think villanova is just like i said just on the fritz right now what do you guys think go ahead now i think villanova pulls it out just because it's at home um like you said colin gillespie is uh, for the lack of like upside that it seems like Bonoba has this year, he's still incredibly consistent. Uh, I honestly haven't watched too much of Xavier this year, um, but I don't know. I think at home they're probably pretty. Uh, I trust Villanova a lot more, so I'll go a close win, like four or five points, seventy, sixty-six, something like that. Nova. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much on the same page with you there. A close win. If it was Xavier, if it was at Xavier, I would definitely take Musketeers. And being so close to them, I wish it was because I would. I think I'll be out of town. What day is that, Connor? Uh, let me check. I haven't looked. Um, I, I looked it up I'm early, but trying to find it. It's on Tuesday at seven. Tuesday, okay. Tomorrow. All right. Oh yes, that is tomorrow. That's the only day I haven't looked at. I'm. I don't know what day it is right now. So yeah, um, yeah, I would. I think uh, Villanova's a five-point favorite. That's probably about right. I think that's what'll happen. It'll be you know, like Dow said, like a seventy-sixty-five game or something like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know tickets we... are ninety-two bucks. Ticket tickets as low as ninety-two bucks right now. That's that's pretty pretty high for that game. Yeah, I was gonna say that's pretty high. But I guess top twenty-five matchup. So Villanova has a small arena too that they play in. If they don't, if they don't play in the Philly in the Philadelphia, whatever. Yeah. The Sixers arena. So we lost Matt, so I don't know his uh his prediction on this, but I think I think that's fair enough to say that Villanova could win. Um I still I still just don't trust them right now considering definitely how a good game against, to watch. Yeah, it'll be a good game. They just they haven't looked good against quality teams and they look good against really low tier teams, but every top twenty five matchup that they've gone against has been bad. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um 
Yeah. Other than them blowing Tennessee out. Yeah, other than Tennessee. You're right. Yeah. Which um, uh, no, this this game is at the like Fenneran Pavilion too. That yeah, is sixty five hundred people. Yeah, so I was gonna say it's like seven or eight thousand or something. It's small. Well, that's gotta be fun though. I wish I wish Kentucky would do something like that with Memorial Coliseum for like a really big like. Give us like a like a Texas versus Kentucky in Memorial Coliseum. That would be lit. Like that would Oof. be so hyped. All right, then we're gonna move on. We have number six Arizona versus number nineteen Tennessee at Wednesday. I don't think I. I mean, I know Matt uh, pitched this one Tennessee to upset Arizona. I think Arizona is going to win. I, like I said, don't I just don't trust um, Kennedy Chandler just yet. And uh, Folky's been pedestrian this year, so give me Arizona. They're just they're just rolling right now. Um, I have them by let's uh, eight. I think they'll win by eight. Yeah, I don't see a line on it yet. Um, it's Wednesday, is that right? It'll probably, I guess it'll come out yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, it's on Wednesday. It'll come out tomorrow. Yeah. I guess it'll be around, <clears throat> excuse me. My guess is it'll be it'll around a pick em with my. Yeah, close to that. Um, yeah, again, I mean, it'll be a good game to watch. And like we were saying earlier, it's going to be um, Arizona's length and, and size and, you know, Tennessee's guards. Can they do what they do? And at, at Thompson Bowling, they're tough, but you never know on a. So that's uh, Wednesday. So that's the 22nd. Yeah, you never know how those games before um, Christmas will go. Arizona might be, you know, a little out of it um, traveling in Knoxville for that game. So that's why I kind of – I went along with Matt with Tennessee. So I'll pick Tennessee in overtime to pull it out. I think I think I bought, like, a six-pack. I'm not sure it happens, though. Um, I'll go – I'll go Arizona – 77 Tennessee 75 in overtime okay fair enough fair enough so I dig it I think it's gonna be a good game I just don't think Tennessee will you know end up coming out on top so yeah uh, also, let me let me before we go on I'll, I'll call out one game on Wednesday as well that's after that game that's two teams that well one of them we kind of hear about but it's more tangentially that we hear about but Missouri State plays St. Mary's at 10 o'clock Eastern on uh, Wednesday as well. And that's a St. Mary's team that will probably be second in the in the uh, WAC, right? The WAC? No, the WCC. West Coast yeah, WCC. They're, they're probably the second best, third best team in, the, in that conference uh, after Gonzaga. And no love for BYU? No love for it, Cougars? Come on now. So BYU, St. Mary's, and San Francisco, honestly, are all kind of yeah, in, they're all they're kind of fighting for that second spot. Yeah. Um, but they're playing Missouri State, who is one of, if not the best team in the Missouri Valley Conference. They're probably second behind Loyola, but um, I feel like Missouri State is not a name that's going to jump off the page uh, if you're just like scrolling through games to watch. But I think that it can actually be a pretty good game. They. Uh, Missouri State is a really, really good shooting team, which should uh, lead to a um, a pretty good game there. So if you're looking for another game to watch on on Wednesday, that's a that's one to tune in after that late night Wednesday night game, huh? Yeah. Here's yeah, a I'm fun a- fact for you guys: the WCC currently has more more uh, tournament teams like bids yeah. right now than the ACC. Yep, I was going to say that. I was going to finish your sentence. <laughs> that's insane uh, 
So all the yeah, crap that we talk about Gonzaga's schedule, it's like, well, currently yeah. they have a better yeah. schedule than... Uh, it wasn't that put the disclaimer at the end that said that the WCC was actually good this year. I don't remember who that was, but whoever did that... Must we all agree. Good. I agree with you. I can't say we all agree with you, but I totally was in yeah. with you on that one. So you got San Francisco at 11-1, and one, BYU 9-2, and two, Gonzaga 9-2, and two, St. Mary's 10-3. and three. What a time to be alive. What a time, what a time, to, time be to be alive on the West Coast. And yeah. also, I wish the uh, – I just saw that the USC at Oklahoma State game was canceled. So that would have been an, another That really was one I was going to pitch. I was yeah. going to pitch that one. But I was like, eh, I think that it sucks. might be canceled. And also, I just didn't – I couldn't bring myself to buy in on Oklahoma State right now. It's interesting these West Coast teams coming to the, uh, coming to the Midwest and South to play – these games like right before Christmas. That's kind of a weird thing that I don't think I've seen much of before. Yeah, Arizona um, going to Tennessee and then interesting USC to see the COVID implications from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been a good one to uh, watch also, but alas, yeah. maybe, maybe next year. Yeah. So we're going to move on. Instead of a last call, we have uh per Dow's request, which is a great idea a Christmas wish list because it is the Christmas edition of beers and buckets. What is something that, what is on your Christmas wish list for college basketball this week or this year? Let's just go with this upcoming year. What's on your Christmas wish list? What are you, what are you sending off to Santa for college basketball? Go ahead, Dal, since it's your idea, right? That's true. I, so I'm going, I'm going Homer, Homer pick here. Uh, But it has been, since 2017 that Wake Forest has been both ranked and made the NCAA tournament and they made the NCAA tournament like with an asterisk because they were in a playoff uh, one of the play-in games for the 12th seed and lost to Kansas State that's when they had uh John Collins was our was our best player then who is an absolute animal and just I continue to not understand why anyone ever jumps with him ever in the NBA because he puts a guy on a poster at least once a week the Orlando Magic Killer, by the way, John Collins. <laughs> he loves to kill a lot of thieves. He, it's funny, too, because he's from Southern California – or Southern California, Southern Florida. Um, but got to see Wake in person. Got to see them hit a buzzer beater against UNC Charlotte, which isn't a great win. But they were up like 16 at one point, let them come back in the game, and up hitting the buzzer beater. But Wake has probably the best player that they've had since John Collins and Alondis Williams. They're playing great basketball. I – would love for them to just cap it off with getting ranked hopefully next week and after a win against Boston College in Louisville, if we can play that Louisville game and just getting to the tournament. If they can be like an eight or nine seed in the ACC with potentially upside and um, sneak into the tournament, that would be incredible. So that is on my wish list for college basketball this year. Well, I think my wish list is pretty, you know, it's a pretty easy uh, thing to put on my list is number one, number two, number three, number four, number five on my list. And that is for all of this um, kind of madness to get figured out and smoothed out that everybody's going through right now. Um, You know, everybody, everybody's going to deal with the situation right now with COVID and everything a little bit differently. But my wish is obviously for, everything and everybody to remain healthy and get through this little speed bump. Hopefully that's all it is just a bump in the road. And we come around to conference play and we, you know, have full arenas and, you know, conference craziness um, on the road. 
And, um, you know, we go into March with, uh, you know, a lot of teams with a lot of momentum, a lot of, you know, kind of Cinderella starting to make noise out there. Like you have, you know, teams like, uh, you know, Xavier, Colorado State, Providence, you know, Loyola, Chicago is there again. You got the Cougars at BYU, San Francisco. I'd like to see them, you know, keep maintaining and, and getting in there. I like the Creighton team a lot. I really like the Creighton team. I've seen them probably their last two or three games I've seen them play. So I just want to see college basketball be college basketball and remain, um, you know, kind of one of the best spectator sports in the world. And we uh, get through conference play and everything, Um as smoothly as possible. And, and we have uh, an exciting tournament with full arenas again. That's such a safe pick. Um, I dig it. I'm <laughs> going with the Homer pick. <laughs> um, I want Kentucky to make a final four this year. I know that's like, all right, you would want that every year, but we're going on, this is the sixth year going on seventh year without a final four appearance. It's the number one, like ammunition that hater Cal haters use against them. It's like, well, he hasn't done it since, Carl Towns in 2015. So I just, I'm getting tired of it. They've had the talent to make the final four. It's a very hard thing to do. It's almost luck at that point. Once you get to the elite eight, it's almost luck of making it to the final four. So I think that luck needs to fall on our side a little bit. Maybe we get the, the calls from the refs that the other team normally would get, or the, you know, the shot falls on the buzzer beater that the other team would normally get. And Kentucky gets the appearance to the final four for the first time. And, six years, seven years. And, uh, and it would, and what would make the icing on the cake is that, you know, it keeps coach K and Duke out on, you know, the coach K uh, farewell tour. That, that would be just the highlight is that, you know, they haven't made a final four since 2015 and Kentucky returned to the final four before they did. So that sounds good from your lips to college basketball, Santa Claus's ears. Yeah. I mean, Santa, if you're listening, I've been a very good boy this year. Very good boy. So give it to us, fat guy. Come on. We need it. We need it. We absolutely need it. I need to yeah. shut up our fan base that are just been haters for Cal haters. And that was going to say, that, that, is it sad that I almost won a final four for Kentucky more just to make the like dumb people in our fan base be quiet more than the actual, like, the actual like concept of us making a final four? It's ridiculous. Just like people like have their headers on twitter saying i just want basketball to be fun again it's like calm like one game i know it's an overreaction but one freaking game like calm down man like calm the frick down uh i had i had a whole lot of fun on saturday night and i think kentucky's going to continue to just only get better they might have a hiccup here or there but that doesn't determine the whole landscape of their season this year and if you're comparing last year to this year we're already one game away from tying our season total wins last year. So we are way farther ahead than we were last year, and it's only going to get better. So I don't know. Basketball Santa, please bring Kentucky to the Final Four again. And whatever happens from there, I'll be okay with. Just we need to get back. We need to get back to the Final Four. So, And you're going to be in New Orleans. So, Oh, yeah. I got to be – they got to be there if I'm already going to be there. I got the presidential right. suite. I'm ready to Maybe go. You'll be, you'll be the uh, lucky charm this year, buddy. So I do have a hot take, like not even hot take. It's it's my conspiracy theory. My I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious to quote Michael Scott. <laughs> Ever since I switched to YouTube TV, Kentucky's had been terrible at basketball. And mm. this past weekend, 
well, not maybe terrible, but they haven't been great. And they haven't been as super fun to watch, especially last season, which was my first season with YouTube TV. But I switched back to Hulu Live mm. literally on Saturday, and they had a 29-point win. So well, I think I'm just going to keep Hulu Live for the season. And if we win a championship, I'm never getting rid of Hulu Live again. So Last year was my first with YouTube TV, too. But I still have YouTube TV, so I don't even know what is it. It's not you. It's me. It's okay. not you. It's me. Well, get get your. What do you have, Dale? Get your ish, ish together. It's not YouTube. It's me. You mean? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. There you go. I I have so my first job in Charlotte. One of our like partners that we worked with was Directv. So when they came out with Directv, I think at that point it was called Directv. Now it's their like AT and T Stream. I think is what it's called now or something. Yeah. Like that. It's changed names like 85 times, but I got, I got like grandfathered in to the, like the super low like price range. So I have infinitely too many channels for the like amount that I pay. Yeah, you can't I, ever get rid of it now. Yeah, and No, exactly. So like I'm, guys, I moved back to Kentucky from Charlotte in July. My parents have, I think they have YouTube TV, but I like refuse to get rid of my direct TV like streaming uh, thing because it is such a great deal that whenever I move to San Diego, it'll be like infinitely worth me keeping it and just paying for it now, even though I don't really use it all that much. Um, yeah. So. I don't hate you Hulu live, but the interface for YouTube TV just seems so much better. Like the, it's an actual guide and you know, like I like Hulu live because of the, like I love it's always sunny and FX and all that stuff, but when YouTube TV decided to like not re negotiate with uh, with Disney to get the ESPN channels, like I need ESPN, like I, yeah. that's why I'm paying for live. Yeah, TV I knew that that sports. would that would be over with like before the weekend was over. I mean, you, everybody had yeah. to know that would be that would be very short lived. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. But I was like, you know what? I, mean, I, I had Hulu was before I had YouTube TV, and I enjoyed Hulu, so it's like let's just go back. Um, so yeah, we're we're back in Kentucky, one by twenty nine. So we'll right. see on keep Wednesday. Doing what you're doing, man? Yeah, just gotta keep on going. I guess it's I'm not like I said, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. So, so with that said, we're gonna wrap things up here for the pod tonight. I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great holiday on Friday and Saturday. It's gonna be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. We're actually not gonna have cold weather, so that part's gonna suck for me. I think the high is like. 80 on friday or saturday so mm, sounds terrible it's not fun it's not fun when you're sweating on christmas but i'm I'm still looking forward to it time off i have like 11 straight days off so i'm very very much looking forward to it and actually i don't know dal if they talk to you but i am going to be um i'm going to be a guest on the college basketball stories podcast next week and uh, i got my you know we have mike michael beard joining me for that one. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but with that said, where can we find your work? Where can we find and interact with you guys on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to plug. You can find me, uh, Kyle on Twitter at UK fan, Kyle. Yeah. You can find me at do underscore well, Harmon. Um, I do have one question though. What do we think Matt's Christmas like wish would be? <laughs> Man, his Christmas wish um it'd probably be for like a new a computer. computer yeah a new computer <laughs> maybe uh i don't know maybe some beer that he can review that he wouldn't hate immediately I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm legitimately terrified to like know everything that is on 
<laughs> that sounds like a dark place that I don't need to. I don't need to know about. No, that's, that's... going to be the outro for this episode. By the way, <laughs> I think no. he was kind of uh, pleasantly surprised by the Hershey beer, though the the Looney Looney Kugels or whatever he said. Uh, I feel like that <laughs> Looney Kugels. I feel like that porters are a good place if you don't like super dark beers. I feel like yeah. porters are usually pretty. Like actually end up being pretty light, even though they are colored very darkly. Yeah, I had a porter once that tastes like literally it tastes like French toast, like cinnamon French toast, and it was yeah fantastic. If you can find like a vanilla porter, those are usually really really light, and I like the vanilla taste more than probably most people. But they're uh, they're always a a good bet in my opinion. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you can fo- follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor J. Caldwell. It's Connor with the C O N N E R, not O R, um, because my parents didn't want me to be Connor. They wanted me to, me to be Connor. So, Connor. Yeah, it's a it's a rough life. No keychain could be found with my name on it spelled correctly, and uh, that's just how it is. Yeah, I, I'd imagine so. So, it is what it is, man. We're just so unique, Dal. We're just so right. unique. So. All right, so we are going to hop off here, but you guys have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and we will catch up with you next week, uh, hopefully for with some better basketball and some COVID-free basketball with no cancellations. That would be the most ideal spot that we can land on here. And, uh, yeah, you guys have an absolutely great week, and enjoy this uh, season that you have. If you have time off, go ahead and enjoy that. Watch some basketball, drink some good beer, and have some fun. What's our what's our team sign off? Oh should yeah, we do, should we do um, go, go tops? Despite them playing Kentucky, we could do go tops to support Western Kentucky. Let's go. Did we do the Kansas City Kangaroos? I just love that mascot so much. No, Kansas we can City. do that. Yeah, let's do that. Go fighting roos. Go fighting Kansas City Kangaroos. I just love it. It's fantastic. So you guys have a Merry Christmas and have a great week. Peace. Give it to us, fat guy. Come on. We need it. We need it.